Hey, girlfriend, you just tapped into plenty of my first podcast with Zosh. This is the best place for single moms to revive, renew, and reinvent the best version of you. So grab the beverage of your choice and let's unpack. Hey now, welcome to Plenty of My Purse podcast with Zosh, where every purse has a story. Uh, today, I have a very special guest with me, uh, Miss Pam, Pamela Bass, uh, and we are going to talk about love, and it's an unconditional love that we're talking about today, um, and I'm going to just give you a little bit of her history, but I'm going to let you let her tell you her story. Um, Ms. Bass, she's from Mobile, and she's the mother of four and the grandmother of three. And she's a life coach and motivational speaker. And Miss um, Pam lost a son in 2020 to gun violence. And today we're going to talk about how she made it through. And I know that her story, I, I, I know a little bit of her story. Um, and I want her to kind of tell you her story and how she kind of made it through. Um, I always like to try to have people to come on that will inspire you, encourage you, empower you as a woman, especially as single moms. Um, being a single mom myself, I cannot imagine, and I don't want to imagine, ever having to lose a child. Um, but we have someone here that unfortunately is an expert in that, not by her own will, but uh, she's an expert in understanding the road. I mean, she's traveled a lonely road. So, um, but before we get started, not only does she do all of this, she is in many organizations, Black Women of Congress, Order of Eastern Star, Community First Birmingham, and one thing that she left out when I told her to send me her bio is that we are an actress. We got a movie coming out, y'all, in March. So, and we're going to get into that in a minute. Welcome, Miss Pam. Hello, hello, hello. Um, Let's just get right to it. Tell me, tell us about your journey in losing your son. And I know you mentioned before we started uh, recording that February is a different month for you. Correct. Well, first, um, I moved here in 1999. So not only did I lose a son, I'm, a, I'm also a domestic violence survivor. That's how I came to Birmingham from Mobile. Yeah. Tragedies, a lot of people don't understand. You handle it differently, and you can't put a time on healing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you never heal. I'm going to jump into my son. Mm-hmm. Antonio was my oldest son, and he was truly cut from my cloth. I didn't realize how many people knew him in Birmingham until he passed away. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's like with me and my age group and the things that I do. He also had following, too. You know, he was um, he fought for civil rights on their aid. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the young guy that got killed at the Galleria? He was with Carlos and heading up with 
that okay. little mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed, he supported a lot of people in different ways. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say in their age group. So when he um, was killed, the outpour was, oh my God, it was, it's like I didn't have a moment to grieve because I had so many children. Because mm-hmm. everybody wanted to take that place, but no one could really take that place, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know your child. So let me just reverse and give you that journey. My son was known on social media everywhere. Mm-hmm. If Antonio didn't post someone, mm-hmm. I was at work, I was real busy, and I got a phone call from the insurance company, believe it or not. I'm like, okay, it's 3 o'clock in the evening. Mm-hmm. He's not asking the phone. He said, well, no, Miss Bass, we've been trying to reach him. I said, well, let me go around him, his apartment. It wasn't far. Mm-hmm. So I went to his apartment. I saw all these cars. Does everybody know Antonio? He loved his cars. Mm-hmm. But what got me was the doors were unlocked. So I'm like, okay, that's not like him. So then I knocked on the door. No answer. So I'm mother, so one to crack. So I kind of reached in the window, mm-hmm. and I thought he was in the bed, sleep. Because mm-hmm. he'd be out all night and sleep, so. I kind of went through the window, because then I was starting to think as a mother, maybe he's sick because he can't hear me. Mm-hmm. So I slid through the window, and when I went in the house, I realized he wasn't there. But it was disturbing. Mm-hmm. He's a very... Nice, nasty young man. Mm-hmm. And it was out of order, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize I hadn't been in his apartment in so long. Maybe it was or wasn't out of order. It mm-hmm. For his cars to still be there, doors unlocked, the scene just, it, just wasn't, it wasn't right. Yeah. So then that was on a Wednesday. So I went on social media, everybody. Have anybody seen Tony? Anybody seen him? So then I got nervous. Mm-hmm. because nobody had seen him. Nobody heard from him. Mm-hmm. Wasn't on social media. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. The last time I saw him was the day before. He came to my job. My granddaughter, he took her to dance. He was just all of that. And I'm like, okay. No one had seen him since he left my job. Mm. Okay. So then at that point, Nobody, I mean, nobody. Mm-hmm. It's not like him. I called Birmingham police, and they came. Um, well, I'm going to be authentic. What happens when you have a missing person versus violence is two different steps that they take. Mm-hmm. They deemed it as a missing person. So when you're deemed as a missing person, it's 24 hours mm-hmm. or something like that, the wait time. But the problem with the initial finding was the young officer was new, and he made the statement, oh, that looks like black. Okay, so I'm a mother. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I looked up because it was splashed. It mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. It was but on the ceiling? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me get to that, too. Okay. But... He still deemed it as missing. And at that point, it should have been deemed as um, 
a possible, mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. it was, I can't give you, I can't remember the exact name, but if mm-hmm. he saw that it was a possibility of disturbance or anything like that, mm-hmm. it shouldn't have been labeled as a missing, a missing person. person. Mm-hmm. The reason why my son's case was so emotional for me, because that's when I realized how many friends he had. So they lost their trust in the Birmingham Police Department because they didn't feel like nothing was being done. Mm-hmm. So they became vigilantes. Mm. That was more stressful for me because they all respected me, but at the same time, they were trying to find him, and they didn't feel like anything was being done. So mm-hmm. they took a lot of things in their own hands, mm-hmm. which you'll find out later in my story. That's why my son's case is unsolved and will probably never be solved. A whole a day went by, and it and it got the city was in an uproar. Mm-hmm that night mm-hmm. so some phone calls were made and a detective came back out now he deemed it as a problem but it was people in and out in and out i mean everywhere so they were disturbing the crime scene it was no longer a scene mm. people was just everywhere everywhere mm-hmm. i mean it was so much going on that i didn't have an emotion if that makes sense mm-hmm. i was you know I didn't have an emotion. I remember someone saying, well, she's not acting right. How do you act? Mm-hmm. It's How too do much you act? going on. Too much was going on. At that you know, point. and it was just too much. I didn't know what to say, what not to say, how to feel, how not to feel. Mm-hmm. So the next day, because I do do a lot, and you know that um, people was coming to support me that are in law enforcement, like, what's going on? I said, I don't know. Mm -hmm. All these people in and out. I'm like, I don't know. They made a phone call. Next thing I know now, something's wrong. And Birmingham is everywhere. Yellow tape up, you know. Mm -hmm. It's a real live crime scene. But it took two days. Mm. Two days. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it set in. Mm -hmm. So everyone's looking. Because I didn't have emotions, people, they didn't know how to approach you. Yes, or help me. Mm-hmm. I found myself up in the middle of the night because I got so many phone calls. Mm-hmm. I went to every lead. I found myself, um, is it Mulder? Mm-hmm. Down in there mm-hmm. at night. And I'm scared of everything that crawls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. I am scared of everything that crawl or move. Mm-hmm. But it's like I didn't have any fear. I didn't have any emotion. So I was there. I was somewhere um, Edgewater. I was all in these crooks and crannies and in the woods. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I had on the right shoes. I don't I don't know. I was you just there. Looking. Yeah. Every mm-hmm. call. So everybody was with me through the day, but. Now I could tell them, y'all should have been with me at night. Because mm-hmm. I was everywhere. So those days were, they were hard. Mm-hmm. But I'm a praying woman. I knew Friday that my son was deceased. I just wanted his body. Mm-hmm. My mother's twin sister was on hospice. I, I, when I say I have dealt with a lot, 
She was on hospice. They had just, the same time he came up missing, they had just took her off life support from um, COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking to her because I'm her caretaker. Um, she was at Mobile. And I said, Auntie Tonya was missing. She couldn't talk, but you know, when mm-hmm. you're dying, the last thing you lose is your hearing. Mm-hmm. Do you know they took her off life support, everything? But they let me FaceTime daily, you know. Mm-hmm. And she held on until I found her. Mm-hmm. So we searched. I want to thank everybody. We searched, y'all. We searched. Oh, my God. We searched. I was just exhausted. Mm-hmm. I will say I support a lot of people with Birmingham Police Department, but they really, um, they slipped the ball on that case. Mm-hmm. Just honestly because even after putting the yellow tape up they couldn't use anything in that house and to go back to the blood spatter it was coke mm-hmm. it was coke coke you know mm-hmm. you shake it up and evidently it must have mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. coke but they could not use anything in that house because so many people had been, had in, been and trampled out, in. in and out mm-hmm. in and out and had he made the right call at that moment mm-hmm. that house would have been sealed because it was just me mm-hmm. but he still deemed it as a missing person mm-hmm. even though it was a lot of stuff that went on oh my god so we gonna fast forward to when he was found mm-hmm. that was the first time I was by myself riding mm-hmm. and I was going to pick up my granddaughter I'll never forget and once again it's this a detective call me now we had already made it clear don't call me call my sister mm-hmm. I mean I can't you can't take everything yeah just mm-hmm. call my sister or make sure someone is with me mm-hmm. he called me and I'm gonna bag up one more I gotta bag up some more where they at mm-hmm. a lot of people found out a lot of stuff mm-hmm on that little Facebook mm-hmm. where they at. Mm-hmm. I had just saw Body Found, and then at the same time, before I could click on it to read it, mm-hmm. I got a phone call from the detective. Hey, Miss Bass, I said, hi. What type of tattoos your son have? And at that point, mm-hmm. but that was an irrelevant call. Mm-hmm. My son had a record. My son had a Facebook page. If you was really doing your, if you were, re- I'm just being honest, mm-hmm. being authentic. If you was looking for him or anything, you knew all those things. You would know. Mm-hmm. So you called me to ask me what type of tattoos my son have. And then right here, the press said it, body found. Mm-hmm. Then the next call was a person of leadership. Where are you? I said, stay right there. I'm like, is that my son? Stay right there. I said, look, I'm in Brad City. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't tell me. She said, stay right there. Mm-hmm. My sister called. Where are you? I said, is that my son? She said, stay right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I promise you, I think her truck had wings, or maybe they did call her first because she, she was there in like two minutes. She was already on her way. But I guess the detective messed it up by calling and asking me, mm-hmm. what kind of tattoos he got? I told my sister, look, 
if you come and not take me there, I'm letting you know I got to go. As a mother, regardless of what mm-hmm. we find, mm-hmm. I have to go. She said, no, I'm going to take you there. Mm-hmm. I was on where the city truck said, I think it's um, Avenue W in Pratt City. That's mm-hmm. where my granddaughter was, but he was found on Pratt Highway. Y'all, that was the longest ride. Mm-hmm. So when we turned by Reginald Swanson's dentist office, we were going down Pratt Highway. Before we could get to, because, you know, that's the back way you go to Forestdale. So it was an old school down there. Mm-hmm. It's to your left. Mm-hmm. I started seeing cars parked on the side of the road. It was that long ride. I just saw people, people, people. I'm like, that's him. Because mm-hmm. it was all this road. Mm-hmm. People, people, people. So then when we get down to where the bridge, she pulled off. I, I got out, but they stopped me. They wouldn't let me go down to where his body was found. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember somebody picking me up. I remember Carol Robinson. She was there. I mean, I, it was so many people. But they wouldn't let me come down to identify him. Mm-hmm. And um, they, the reason they needed the tattoo is because um, they let my sister identify him. Mm-hmm. She identified him because he was he was stripped. Do y'all want me to y'all family? Because I'm, I'm okay. No, tell your story. He was stripped. His hands was tied behind his back. He was on the ground. He was shot in his back. But the way his body fell back, the only thing that was still up, because there was a lot. And he had, my, my babies were twins. His twin siblings. Mm-hmm. He had their name. One in one hand, one in the other. That's how he was. What was his Mm. And um, my sister was able to identify him. Mm-hmm. Those next few days were just—I still have the emotional feeling and everything. But I called my aunt. Mm-hmm. I told her we found him, and the next day she passed. Mm. She passed, and I'm sick. So I'm trying to bury him and bury her. Mm-hmm. And so, where does the strength come from? It's got to be God, because I asked that before. Because um, it's got to be Him. I can't give it to nobody but Him, because mm-hmm. I still sit back and and try to figure out how. You know, being a motivational speaker, I have a youth group. I had so many that came to me, and it's like, how do we help? strongest woman is always helping you guys mm-hmm. what how can we help you we don't know how to help you you always helping everybody else and i'm gonna be honest y'all i didn't even know how to receive it because i've never been a mother anyway mm-hmm. i'm always motivating somebody and helping somebody and building somebody i also felt like i could not break mm-hmm. but that caused um anxiety mm-hmm. That caused a lot of panic attacks because I felt like, oh, I can't cry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. My sister had to be crying. 
God speaks to the person. God moves you right away. But I really wanted to, I felt, tre- I treated it like it was a dream, like it, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't real because I couldn't break. Mm-hmm. I once thought I could break. But I tell everybody, it's okay to cry. It's okay to not be okay. Because mm-hmm. if you feel like you can't do those things, mm-hmm. that's what takes so long. That's why grief lasts so long, mm-hmm. you know. Because you're you're really not giving your ch- yourself that opportunity to release those hurts, and then as a mother, you're gonna go through a phase where you blame yourself. Mm-hmm. So that first year was hard. Those triggers, oh my God, they then on me. My other children had to remind me that I had other children. Mm-hmm. My youth group had to remind me we're still here. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of reminders I had to get back to me. Mm-hmm. As the investigation went on, I think it was Fred Davenport said, but don't you want closure? Let me tell y'all something. You never get closure. It wasn't a relationship that wasn't my boyfriend. That wasn't Absolutely. my husband. That was my child that, was that I cared about. Mm-hmm. So I would never get closure. I just went on a journey praying for peace. Mm-hmm. I forgave myself. And like I say, February was a month that, even though he was killed in September, February came right behind it. So it was a month that's supposed to be of love, but for a long time it was so much pain to me. Mm-hmm. You know. On top of his birthday, I lost my dad on February the 13th, lost my mom on February the 18th. Actually lost both of them on the same day, 30 years apart, which was Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But then as I went in my prayer life, it's three people in the month of February. Them threes mm-hmm. with all mm-hmm. of them. My dad was two, 13, 13. My mama was 33. She died in 83. Mm-hmm. That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So as I started praying and digging deep, I said, look, I can't skip February. I won't skip it for so long. Mm-hmm. Can you help me get love back in my life? So for the past, the first year, it'll be his second year of death, I, um, I did 28 Days of Me. Mm-hmm. That was me trying to love on me. <coughs> the next year, I did 28 Days of Love. So each year I started doing different things to try to stay on the positive side to build it back up. Mm -hmm. And then I accepted his death. And I'm going to be honest, y'all, I don't care if they find who did it or not. Because as a mother, as I ask some of the ladies I talk to, will it really give you peace? Have you forgiven the person? I had to forgive to move on. Mm -hmm. I forgave myself first, mm-hmm. and I, I have forgiven whoever did it because God's rapture is way more Absolutely. than what mine's or a jury's mm-hmm. nine, ten, twelve, jury, twelve. twelve. Mm-hmm. Is his rapture <coughs> is more? When you close your eyes, you got to think about what you did, and you will pay for it. Mm-hmm. But truthfully, I got peace when I saw he was thousands people at his funeral mm-hmm. like 
people at the graveyard had to change their funeral because at his funeral, it was just the outpour. Mm-hmm. I feel like even though he was young, his job was done. That's what God put on put him on earth to do, mm-hmm. he did. We don't know when we're coming or when we're going, mm-hmm. but I just felt like his job was done. His purpose here was done. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you are an advocate for gun violence. Mm-hmm. How has that kind of helped your journey? And have you seen a change? Or, like, how do you, having a son being taken away in that manner, how do you advocate? Well, what I do now, when I talk to the young men, mm-hmm. first of all, we got to know how to approach these teens. They, they're, they're not like we were. No. You can't approach this everybody. Is a, this is a different way of child. sometimes mm-hmm. from me working with them, you got to get on their level. I didn't say be on their level, but get to their level. Mm-hmm. Talk mm-hmm. to them where they understand. They respect me. So I ask them, and I always, I say, y'all carry a gun like it's part of your outfit. They do. Mm-hmm. I said, do it really keep you safe? Mm-hmm. I had four young men, and I'm, I'm being honest. Do it really keep you safe? Yeah, it keep me safe. I said, how? Mm-hmm. He might shoot you before you shoot him. But do a gun really keep you safe? If you do get one out first, then his partner's coming back at you, so are you safe? Mm-hmm. Do a gun really suck? Mm-hmm. And as I asked him that, they're like, you know what I'm saying? You got a point. I said, I'm just being honest. Do it solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And when they changed the law, I you, I can get them to hear me, but when they changed the law, that just made it worse. Made it worse. Mm-hmm. And we fall. We falling right for it. Mm-hmm. It seemed like everybody walking. These young men, I'm at a point now, some I won't even say anything to them because they coming in the store, the gun's so big, they can't even hold their pants up. Mm-hmm. But with the law change, mm-hmm. they made it easier for them. Mm-hmm. What advice? Um, what advice could you give other mothers? Like, I think I really do think you are a you're a special case. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to say it like that, but you're, <laughs> you're special in the way that you are handling. Everybody don't handle it that way. I know I would not be able to handle it that way, being a boy mom myself. What advice can you give to other mothers who have lost a child to gun violence or lost a child to some heinous act? Regard, you know, just what do you say to them to help them get over? Because I know I have a friend that lost a child some years ago, and I don't think she and she didn't lose into gun violence, but the loss of a child. Period. I don't think she's ever really gotten past it. Or do you get past it? I don't, you know, how do you, and I know everybody is different, but what advice would you give to that mom who's struggling? I'm going to say this, you don't get past it, but what happens is you need to forgive yourself. The one that's still struggling is something inside that they feel like they did not do. Mm-hmm. First, you need to forgive yourself, and then it's okay to not be okay. If you got to cry, cry. But the first step is forgiving yourself. Then you got to forgive who did it. Mm-hmm. Then you got to ask yourself like I did me. Is it going to give me any satisfaction doing something to them or waiting on them? No. Mm-hmm. Then you ask God to give you peace because 
give you peace so you can move on. Mm -hmm. You'll never forget, but you learn to accept and move on. Mm -hmm. But first forgive yourself, and then it's okay to be okay, and stop letting somebody put a time on your grief. Mm -hmm. And if cry, mm -hmm. God will wipe them tears from your eyes and give you the strength you need. Just continue to pray for the strength. Mm -hmm. And those that have friends, stop putting time on their grief. Stop saying stuff like, you ain't over it yet. Mm -hmm. Because the sheep might be on the other feet. Mm -hmm. So that's what I say. Yeah. Well, Miss Pam, I surely appreciate you. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing your story and tell people. I know you got. I know you do a lot, <laughs> a lot. Tell people how they can get in contact with you. Tell us about your business and your your youth groups and the things that you do for the community, so people can get in contact with you. Well, I started Roses Elite um, Management and Consulting Company, so everything I do can follow up under that umbrella. Mm -hmm. I'm a life coach. I'm a mentor. I have a girls' group called Destined to Be. Um, I also, like you said, head other organizations. I have a nonprofit organization that's the Genesis Project. So we work with those that are incarcerated, um, domestic violence, um, those that need help with GDs. So the best way to reach me, my email is roses with a Z, R O S E Z, elite, E L I T E, dot com. That's my, that's my, no, that's the website. I'm sorry. And my email is pbass at roseselite.com. Okay. My number is 205-223-1160. And I'm available for anybody to talk about anything. And she's, and she means that. I do. And she definitely means that. Well, thank you, Miss Pam. Thank you. I appreciate you for coming to share with us again your story. And we're going to have to have you back. Be happy to. Yes, ma'am. All right. That is it for today for Plenty of My Purse podcast with Zosh. Subscribe. Leave a comment. Follow. Reach out to me. Tell me what you think. And we'll see y'all on the other side. Bye. Hey, girlfriend. Well, that wraps up another episode of Plenty of My Purse podcast with Zosh. Be sure to tune in next week.